Over the last 24, 48 hours, many of you have written to me asking about the so-called no labels party. And generally, the question has been, is this no labels party a more genuine and interesting alternative to the Democratic and Republican parties, more interesting maybe than the forward party, which launched with very few ideas, I will I will mention, uh, or is this some kind of enlightened centrist, no ideas going nowhere, potentially spoiler sort of thing? And the answer is very clearly the latter. Let's talk about the no labels party, the no labels organization. No labels is a political organization. You could call it a party or not. I, I don't know. Its mission is to support centrism. OK, and bipartisanship. Uh, it was founded as a 501 C4 by Nancy Jacobson, uh, who is now its CEO. There are a number of articles about the No Labels Party. Uh, the Daily Beast has one called No Labels Launches Controversial 2024 Campaign with No Ideas. And I think that's pretty accurate. It says the well-funded centrist group says it wants to field a presidential candidate who will focus on substance. But its first big event was all style. The New York Times has an article. No labels eyes a third party run in 2024. Democrats are alarmed. Democrats are right to be alarmed. And it says the centrist group is gaining steam and raising money in its effort to get a candidate on the 2024 ballot with Joe Manchin at the top of their list. That's pretty scary stuff. Forbes has a good piece. What to know about no labels. Shadowy political group raises alarms over a spoiler 2022 presidential candidate. It mentions mentions Joe Manchin. It mentions former Utah Republican Governor John Huntsman and some others. And then lastly, NBC News has a piece. No label CEO defends 2024 ticket against spoiler charges, adding no labels leader Nancy Jacobson said her group won't help Trump win again, but she declined to say how it would decide whether to stand on her own. The most important aspect to this is that there is no interesting centrist platform that I can tell you about that no labels is standing behind. In fact, somehow I got on the no labels mailing list, I guess, as a journalist. I've asked to opt out of it a dozen times. I hope that it finally happened the first 11 times. They just kept bombing me with emails about uninteresting guests offering no ideas that I could interview. I think that there's a very important reality we have to face, which is to some degree because of the political system we have, we, we have first passed the post voting. We don't have ranked choice or transferable vote or any of these things. There is a practical reality to which it is true when we say if you vote third party in the presidential election in states where it will be close you almost certainly will be helping the candidate you really don't like to win. What do I mean by that? In a state that's close like Wisconsin or Pennsylvania, there's a reality where if you're on the left and you don't want Biden, but you really don't want Trump and you vote Green Party, for example, 
you are in a practical sense making it more likely Trump wins, because if it weren't for the Green Party, you would probably vote for Joe Biden. Now, some people will say, David, that's not true. If it weren't for the Green Party, I might stay home, even though I really don't like Trump and I just don't like Joe Biden. Well, okay, maybe it doesn't apply to you. But in general, there is this spoiler reality. But that doesn't mean I don't want strong third party uh, uh, circumstances in the U.S. It doesn't mean I don't want change. It doesn't mean I don't want to break the two party duopoly. However, I recognize that especially we're doing it again, folks. The next president will likely get one or two Supreme Court picks at minimum. We can't have Trump or DeSantis as president. So in general, I am disinclined to take a chance on a third party candidate this particular cycle for presidential local. Absolutely. State. Absolutely. hundred percent because uh, the risk to the country and the world if Trump or DeSantis are president is serious. In addition to that, nobody is super interesting. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., not super interesting to me. Cornell West, not super interesting to me. Certainly nobody on the right. So then we get to no labels. No labels not only plays the mathematical role of a potential spoiler helping Trump win. I don't want to vote for Joe Manchin. I don't want to vote for Huntsman. And the problem right now with centrism is that if your solution is to say, hey, you know what? There's people on the left and there's people on the right. There's people on the far left and people on the far right. I am above the fray because I'm going to pick a point between these two extremes. The right has become so extreme in this country that picking that middle point is very right wing case in point. If the middle is Manchin, that is very right wing. If the middle is Huntsman, he's a lifelong Republican, that is also very right wing. So when someone brings you the solution to partisanship and they say the solution to partisanship is, okay, you want safe legal abortions in most cases, bodily autonomy, not white old dudes deciding what medical services you can get on one side. And on the other side, it's jail anyone who gets an abortion or provides one. Let's pick the middle. That's a nutty way to go. And that's the problem with many of these self-professed centrists. So is no labels interesting specifically? No. Are third parties interesting in general? Absolutely. Is no labels likely to play spoiler if it gets off the ground? A hundred percent. And do I want to support Manchin or Huntsman? over Joe Biden, given the economy we have, student loan forgiveness, all these different things Joe Biden has done right. No, of course not. So be very, very careful about falling for no labels. You want to talk about a two tier justice system. It's not Democrats and Republicans. It's people who are wealthy and in positions of power and everybody else. And if George Santos, the lying indicted Republican congressman gets his way, it will be yet another example of this two tiered justice system. George Santos got to change his bail conditions so that it is easier to dine out and to go shopping. Okay, this is the two tier justice system. A business insider reports George Santos needs to tell authorities whenever he wants to travel outside of New York or D.C. His lawyer said that that makes it cumbersome to go shopping and to dine out. A judge let him 
uh, I guess there's a missing word here. Let him modify his bail conditions ahead of his criminal trial to make things easier. The Republican congressman is allowed to stay out of jail ahead of his trial on his 13 count federal indictment, wire fraud, money laundering, theft of public funds, serious charges. His bond conditions allow him to travel freely between New York and D.C. But if he wants to go anywhere else, he has to uh, notify prosecutors and pretrial services. However, two mornings ago in a court filing, his lawyer, Joseph Murray, asked the judge overseeing the case, please expand the area that Santos is allowed to travel to include a 30 mile radius around the District of Columbia so he doesn't have to give unnecessary notifications to authorities. This will make it easier for him to live his life. He can go dining. He can go shopping. He can go to meetings and events and use local airports. Folks, if he's in D.C., he may want to go to Arlington for dinner. Beautiful little uh, bistros there where he may want to get mussels and a white wine sauce or whatever. I'm just making this up. And why should he be fettered? He wants to be unfettered. And uh, that's what he wants. Prosecutors don't oppose the bail modification. Murray wrote in the letter, Magistrate Judge Ann Shields granted the request Wednesday afternoon. Uh, this is the two tier justice system. Now, I'm not going to pretend that nobody would get this. Honestly, if prosecutors don't oppose it, there are a number of uh, well-represented clients, assuming you have the money for, you know, a relatively fancy lawyer who would have approved this. But it is again a reminder that the two tier justice system that Trump and Santos and others want us to believe exists, the one where Democrats are treated one way and Republicans are treated another way, does not exist. They said that that was the case with IRS audits years ago under Obama. Turns out it wasn't the case. They've said it was the case even with Trump related indictments. But the vast uh, I'm not going to say majority because this may have changed, but a large number of the indictments related to Trump's wrongdoing and people under him, Papadopoulos, others, many of those investigations and indictments were carried out by long uh, uh, lifelong Republicans. Important to remember that. So don't fall for this stuff. There is a two tier justice system, but it is one system for most people and another system for the rich, the powerful, the influence peddlers, etc. And that is what many of us are seeking to change, by the way. And I don't have the time to delve into this today, but maybe we'll get to it next week. Trump is a little bit too uh, positive about Judge Eileen Cannon, who is overseeing his current federal indictment. And it's making me worried that he knows something we don't yet know, but we can probably suspect, which is, hey, he appointed her and she is going to show Trump some deference. I'm extraordinarily worried. We're going to watch it closely. Maybe I will have news next week. We have such a great show for you. We're going to hear from some of you. We're going to look at your emails. We've got a great bonus show and all sorts of important and impressive things are going to happen on this program. Remember that the children's book is available at davidpackmancom slash book. We are up to let me actually give you the latest number. I haven't looked. I might even be impressed by the latest number. The children's book has now sold almost sixty eight hundred copies. We may be at seven thousand by Monday. Who the hell knows? I certainly don't know what I'm doing, but somehow people are buying the book. And quite frankly, it's flattering. Uh, davidpackmancom slash book. Let's take a break. We're going to keep an eye on all of it and be back right after this. One of our sponsors is Zipix nicotine toothpicks. Don't you think it's time you stopped putting smoke and vape oils in your lungs? 
Zipix toothpicks are a convenient way to curb the nicotine cravings. Zipix toothpicks are super discreet. You can use them anytime, anywhere. Smoking and vaping aren't allowed, including flights, sporting events, in restaurants. They're available in six different flavors with options of two and three milligrams of nicotine. If you're not a nicotine user, Zipix also offers caffeine and B12 infused toothpicks. Zipix has already helped tens of thousands of customers ditch the cigarettes, ditch the vapes. They might be able to help you too. If you're a smoker or a vapor, give Zipix toothpicks a try. Your lungs will thank you. Go to zipixtoothpicks.com today. Save 10% with the code PACMAN10 at checkout. Just remember, you must be 21 or older to order. That's Z-I-P-P-I-X toothpicks.com. Use promo code PACMAN10 at checkout for 10% off. That's PACMAN10. The info is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's Better, H-E-L-P dot com slash Pacman Show. The link is in the podcast notes. I love my Helix sleep mattress. I've been sleeping on Helix mattresses for years now, which is why I asked them to be a sponsor. You actually take their famous sleep quiz takes just a few minutes to answer questions about your sleep preferences, body type, sleep position, whether you have back pain and Helix will match you with a mattress that's perfect for you, which is really unique and helpful because a lot of people don't know where to start when buying a mattress. I certainly didn't. Their newest collection of mattresses called Helix Elite come with a built in Glaciotex layer to keep you cool at night, an extra layer of foam for pressure relief and thousands of extra micro coils for best in class support and durability. All of their mattresses ship right to your door totally free. They come with a 10 or 15 year warranty and you get 100 nights to decide if you like it, my audience also gets a whopping 20% off all orders plus two free pillows. Go to helixsleep.com slash Pacman and enter code helixpartner20 at checkout. That's helixsleep.com slash Pacman. Then use code helixpartner20 to get 20% off and two free pillows. The info is in the podcast notes. 
The David Pakman Show continues to be an audience supported program. We really appreciate your support, mostly through the membership program at joinpacman.com. But remember, you can support us in so many different ways for free, certainly following and subscribing to our platforms, including YouTube and TikTok and others is great. Sharing our content. There are so many free things you can do. And also you can sign up at joinpacman.com. Let's get to calls for the week. We take calls via discord. You can join the discord for free. Again, another free opportunity to get involved at davidpackmancom slash discord. Let's hear from the people in the audience. I argue the most important people. Let's start with Genio from Chester Springs. I believe it says Genio. Welcome to the program. What is on your mind today? What can I do for you? Genio, please accept my invitation to talk to me. You've got to accept and then we will be able to talk. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Great. Great to speak with you. Likewise. Um, so my first question is, can you share your thoughts on where you get your inspiration? Your work ethic seems impeccable and you seem like you have an incredible team and um, you know how you built this great show that you have. Well, it happened all very slowly. You know, a lot of people when I'm interviewed, they will say, when was like the big thing that happened where the show got much bigger and there really was no such thing. And that's sort of a blessing and a curse because you know, if you go one day from talking to 10 people to talking to 11 people, it kind of feels like the same thing. And then when mm -hmm. you go from 999,000 YouTube subscribers to a million, it, it doesn't feel that different. And so it's been really like a slow grind over time, which is fine because it doesn't impose like any big shock to the system and force me to change what we're doing in terms of work ethic. I mean, I think uh, I feel bad for people that have jobs they don't like. But for me, it's just like I, I, I look forward to just chatting about what's going on and hearing from people in the audience each day and giving my opinion. So it really just comes naturally because I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Awesome. I love that. I feel the same way. And also um, I and get up at 4 a.m., do a cold plunge and then do a three hour workout before having ketones for breakfast. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I don't really do any of that stuff. Like a three hour workout. That's crazy. <laughs> um, with a with a baby too. Right. <laughs> um, and then my last uh thought is a few months ago I had called in and asked you about Howard Stern and we discussed it a little bit. And then I was so excited when I heard that he listens to you because besides you, he's the He's my other number, number one guy besides my <laughs> husband. And um, and so I wanted to know, was um, getting uh, Rosie O'Donnell on the show, was that part of like the Howard effect? It actually was not. Rosie O'Donnell, uh, we've been mutual followers of each other, Rosie and I, for actually years on some platforms. And now that we're more active on TikTok and she's more active on TikTok, we were just able to make the connection in a more direct way. She was aware of it. She thought it was great. She congratulated me. But it actually was not, I know it happened like the week after, but it actually did not re directly relate to that. Interesting. Also, yeah. but there have there been like other ha you've you've seen a lot of uh, positive uh, effects from Howard mentioning you, you know, it's been very positive in terms of 
some a list people who I shouldn't really name because they may not be like out politically or whatever. Some a list mm-hmm. people heard about the show and now follow it. Thanks to Howard Stern's shout out the mm-hmm. the few days after the shout out. We did see our platforms grow a little more than normal, but it wasn't as explosive as you might imagine. And I think a lot of it is people are listening like on the road. They're driving truck drivers and people commuting, et cetera. They don't necessarily immediately pull their phone out and go to my YouTube channel because Howard mentions it. So it's been like a trickle over time, but it was hugely beneficial overall. Wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. We love your show. All right. Thank love you, Jenny. Great to hear from you again. Beautiful phone call. Let's go to Taylor from New York. Taylor, welcome to the David Pakman show. What is on your mind today? Hi, David. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, how wonderful. Um, Long time listener and follower, first time caller. Um, I've seen these uh, TikTok videos about um, these protesters on Long Island uh, shutting down some Hamptons airports. Um, which, you know, I'm very proud of. I'm very happy to see. Um, but one of the, I guess, counter protesters uh, were making the case that, you know, statistics line, you can flip statistics one way or another to, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a fire truck driving by um, to, you know, push whatever agenda that you are trying to push. How do you feel about that? Well, I, I just don't know what statistics you're referring to. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Um, they made the case of, oh, 50 percent of all of the airline emissions um, come from private airliners or private jets and, and so forth. Um, and like the counter protester was basically saying, you know, flip that statistic another way. 50 percent of everything comes from commercial travel. So how do you feel about the kind of statistic? You know, numbers don't lie, but depending on how you switch them. They so could, listen, they could the stat you're out. citing is the first I've heard. Everything I'm able to find is that private jets are two to three percent of aviation emissions. And of course, aviation emissions are only a portion of all transportation emissions and transportation emissions are only a portion of all emissions. That's what I'm finding. Now, that's not a defense or a critique of anything. I I think that there must be some re I don't know in what ways you could massage or manipulate that statistic. I don't know how you would get from 2% to 50%. So, you know, I, it's, it's just hard to comment without knowing what sort of sources they're referring to. Uh, Of course, of course, my apologies. I, I just, I put my hand up and the first time I've ever talked on something like this. So I wasn't uh, oh, no, no, it's but- not a criticism of the question. I mean, listen, generally speaking, there are statistics you can manipulate. I mean, listen, a classic one is with the labor force participation rate. Republicans, when they want to make the case that the economy is bad, but unemployment is low, they often will say there's a record number of people not working today. And then when the economy is under a Republican and they want to say that it's good, they'll say, well, we have a record number of people working today. And of course, if you understand that the population of the U.S. continues to grow at most points in history. We had a record high of people working and a record high of people not working. So it's it is a manipulation of a statistic for sure. With the private jet thing specifically, I, I just am not sure I can weigh in, but it's a very good point. No worries, David. I really enjoy your show. I'm happy. I'm happy you picked on me. I'll All right. You next time. Thanks. Taylor from New York. Thank you. Appreciate it. Let's go to Stephen from Louisiana. Stephen, uh, welcome to the David Pakman Show. What's on your mind today? Hey, David, can you hear me? Yes, I can. 
Hey, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. I've got a few things I'd like to say. Um, you know, it might have been earlier this week. I think it was earlier this week um, where Donald Trump was asked by a Fox News host um, uh, regarding the debates, the Republican debates. Um, yes. And he had pointed to the fact that uh, Ronald Reagan and maybe another Republican president who was an incumbent, who was the president at the time, uh, had decided to skip out on the debates. And I find it funny when Donald Trump refers to precedent as if he has any respect or reference <laughs> right. for history or, you know, it's just it's comical. Only when it's convenient to him or his agenda. Yeah. Will he point to something in the past? They say they did it. Why can't I? Or, you know, something as silly as that. There's a whole bunch of reasons why what Trump's been saying about, about the debates is silly. Of course, as you correctly point out, and this is the point I made earlier this week, when Trump says Reagan didn't debate, Reagan was the president and there was no real Republican primary. It's actually more like what Joe Biden is facing now. In fact, Trump, who is saying Biden doesn't want a real primary, is using the logic wrongly for himself that does apply to Biden, which is the DNC isn't actually holding a legitimate primary. Now, we could say it should. Right. But that's actually the Reagan precedent. There is an open primary right now for the Republican Party. There is no incumbent. And so Trump making that analogy is silly. But also, as you point out, when has Trump ever cared about precedent or norms, which is a very good point to make as well. Right, right. And another thing is um, for President Biden and the Biden campaign, I think and this is my opinion, but I think it'd be wise of them to lean in to his age. And mm. many might see that as a weakness and maybe his, you know, a, a, fall, a failing point for his campaign or for him as a politician. But yep. I think um maybe some, you know, self-deprecating humor or, or just an acknowledgement of it rather than just having this elephant in the room that he doesn't really bring up or that the campaign doesn't address. Well, you know, yeah, it's interesting you old. mentioned that Biden has been joking about his age more and more recently, including saying right, things right. like, you know, 100 years ago when I was first in the Senate or things like that. I think that that is actually smart. I mean, listen, I've said before, I'm not going to lie to my audience and pretend that Joe Biden is the epitome of vigor and strength and energy. I'm not going to do that. OK, we all exactly. know we all see what's going on. He's 80 years old. However, if I were giving campaign advice, especially now that doctors have looked at Trump's medical records and Biden's and they've said even though Biden's like two and a half or three years older, he eats such a better diet and he's so much more active. He's expected to live more than Trump is from from today going forward. Right now that that's been right. said, if I were advising Biden, I would say, listen, take this head on and say, hey, you know what? I'm an old guy, but the doctors say I'm healthier than Trump. I'm going to outlive Trump. This is my this would be my last term, both because I'll be 84 and because it's what the Constitution says. We've got a great economy. Let me finish the job and just kind of leave it at that. And, and it seems yeah. as though you don't need to belabor it, but you don't need to ignore it and just say doctors have looked at our records. I'm healthier than Trump. The economy's doing well. Give me four more years and I'll be out of here. And, and that's how I would approach it. Right, exactly. I'm 22 years old. I'm, you know, part of Gen Z, and we're going to reelect um, President Biden. I mean, that's my, my generation. Our age group is, 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 uh, you know, I think predominantly going to help reelect Joe Biden. Um, one of my favorite jokes from Joe Biden said from the, uh, I think it was the White House Correspondents' Dinner. He was talking about the Constitution, how he upholds and respects the Constitution, and yeah. he said, and it's, and it's not just because my friend Jimmy Madison helped write it. <laughs> right. Yes, I've heard him say that. That is a, that is a clever yeah. line. Um, yeah. All right. Now you're in Louisiana. Do you do you have like colleagues and friends your age who are big Trump supporters? Twenty two ish. 
David, majority, yes. I'm, oh, they I'm are. In Baton oh, okay. Rouge. So, um, you know, Baton Rouge and New Orleans, I guess, are, are some of the bright spots. And I guess, and by bright, I mean blue um, here in Louisiana. Uh, but outside of that, yeah, no. It's, so uh, when you say that Gen Z is going to reelect Joe Biden, you don't necessarily mean everybody you know in Louisiana, but at the national level. No. Correct. Correct. Gotcha. Yes. Now, gotcha, gotcha. you know, I have a few friends my age who uh, who are who do lean blue and who do support President Biden. But for the most part, no, it's a lot of a lot of uh, ignorance, a lot of brainwash <laughs> down here, unfortunately. Well, it sounds like you've got your head screwed on straight. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Yes. All thank right. You, thank David. you, my I friend. It. I appreciate big, the, big call. Fan of the show. Big fan of the program. Yep. All right. Stephen from Louisiana. Great stuff. Let's go to Francisco from Miami, Florida. Francisco, also a member of the website at joinpacman.com. Francisco, thank you for that. And uh, if you unmute yourself, uh, I'm curious what's on your mind. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hey, David. So yeah, um, currently located in uh, Miami, Florida. Moved here about um, two years ago from uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico. Okay. Uh, for a job. Uh, and recently, I'm actually one of those that discovered your your uh, channel through uh, TikTok. Oh, great. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's been a great, uh, great ride so far. I've been listening for about uh, two months now. So, anyway, uh, my question is um, regarding the uh, Republican presidential primary, um, in a universe where, like, you're told, okay, either Trump or DeSantis is going to win, do you think it's more beneficial or, I guess, less harmful? Uh, for the country, if Trump were to win. Yes, I've addressed this before. This has been asked a number of times and I'm not criticizing you because you're asking it again. It's clearly on people's minds, but I've weighed in. I believe that Trump would be less dangerous because he is more incompetent than uh, Ron DeSantis. I think it's clear. Yeah, and and that's my instinct um, as well because you know Trump is great is well not great right but uh, it's entertaining on the stump and uh, very entertaining right but in terms of actually implementing the conservative policy him and those around him want to implement I think his first four years uh, reflect that he's not very uh, effective on the on the other hand um, I guess I was kind of doubting that simply just because watching um the santas as governor of florida and now uh on the campaign trail i think that this whole veneer of him being an effective uh <laughs> politician or you know or somebody that is going to be good uh in a position of power i'm not sure if you know i buy it anymore no so i agree with me. you just, no uh, his incompetent campaigning cringe. His incompetent campaigning has really raised questions of how effective he would be. But I think he simply is less incompetent than than Trump in different ways. And he would be a bigger danger as president. But I know I know exactly the point you're making. And you're right. The fact that he seems to make every wrong decision with his campaign raises questions as to how effective he would be at implementing his, his agenda. Yeah, well, you know, hopefully, knock on wood, where uh, that's not going to be the, you know, the, uh, the only two options in store for us uh, come 2024. Um, and uh, yeah, well, uh, that's it for my question, uh, David. Thanks for uh, taking it and uh, have a great rest of your day. All right. My pleasure. There is Francisco from Miami, Florida. 
with a uh, a question that is clearly on the minds of many of those in my audience. Why don't we go next to Jay from Chicago? Jay, welcome to the program. Hi, David, how are you doing? You know, I'm going to be in Chicago this weekend. I want to check out a good Chicago Jewish deli, and there are many. Do you have a specific recommendation you might be able to steer me towards? I don't have any specific ones. Um, there are some really interesting vegan delis in the area. I'm looking though, for a Jewish deli, not a vegan deli. OK, well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know too many. All right. I'll ask somebody else. That's cool. What, what's on your mind today? Um, I was wondering, you know, Trump's always talking about all these big, strong men that are always crying, you know, the police when he got arrested in New York. Yep. Everybody's in tears around Trump. I know. Do you think it's possible that a lot of these MAGA people that are probably in law enforcement that are obviously cultish and overly emotionally invested in Trump probably are crying around <laughs> him? So listen, I don't doubt that there are people who have come up to Trump crying. I think some people have come up to Trump crying in the same way that some people have come up to Trump and said, sir, and then said something to him. It's just not happening to the degree and with the frequency that he claims. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you believe him every we would have video of this sometime of people just in tears around Trump and we just don't have it. OK, also, I was curious uh, hypothetically, yep. strictly speaking, if you had to vote, it was Republican versus Democrat. OK, Chris Christie versus RFK Jr. <laughs> who would so you vote for? this was asked of me on my stream um, earlier this week. And here here's so I, I'm going to answer it and I'm going to give you the answer, Jay, because I respect you so much. But I Thank want you, to also say it's hard to really take this seriously and say what I would really do, because it's just not going to be the scenario. Is that a fair disclaimer yeah. as I get into it? Of course. it is. OK, so I decided to answer the question if it was Christie versus Bobby Kennedy Jr., who would I vote for based on the things I have previously said about them? About Chris Christie, I've previously said pathetic that he stood behind Trump for four years, disagree with him on many policies, but he is sane. He's mostly telling the truth and he strikes me as an honest actor today in 2023. That's what I've said about Chris Christie. What I've said about Bobby Kennedy Jr. is I agree with some of his views on environmental stuff. I agree with him on some of his foreign policy statements, although it's really a mixed bag on foreign policy. I agree with him in some sense about corporate accountability, but his statements with confidence about things that are not true, like vaccines cause autism, HIV doesn't cause AIDS, etc., are unilaterally disqualifying. So if I look at what I've said, RFK Jr.'s statements are unilaterally disqualifying. Christie is a mostly honest actor whom I disagree with on policy. I think I have to vote Christie in that scenario based on my own prior statements. I like that. It's it's the the crazy Democrat or the sane Republican. <laughs> I hate to say it, but in some way it may be that, you know. All right. Well, have fun in Chicago this weekend. Hope I bump into you. All right. Thanks, Jay. Great to hear from you. Uh, let's take a very quick break. If you're holding to talk to me, hold on, because we're going right back to the phones in a moment.
I love a good sauna after a workout, after a stressful or long day, you get in the sauna to unwind. The blood vessels dilate. Your heart rate goes up. It can soothe muscles and more. Now you can enjoy the same effects from the comfort of your home without a bunch of strangers walking around, which I personally am not big on. Our sponsor, Bond Charge, makes the world's safest and most advanced sauna blanket, and it's tremendous. I love getting in there for reading or get a little work done, a little meditation, take a nap. Just gets you really relaxed, super easy to clean, really compact, lightweight design, simple to fold up and put away when you're done with it. And it comes with a 12 month warranty. If you don't love it, returns are really easy, no questions asked. Go to bondcharge.com slash Pacman. Use the code Pacman for 15% off. That's B O N C H A R G E dot com slash Pacman and get 15% off with code Pacman. The info is in the podcast notes. Everybody loves a good bowl of instant ramen every once in a while. Hard to beat the convenience, usually not the healthiest option. The taste is often very so so. But that's only because you haven't tried Imi, which is a different kind of ramen. Our sponsor, Imi, makes ramen noodles you can actually feel good about. Low carb, only five net carbs, 18 grams of fiber for digestive and gut health, 22 grams of protein, so you're satisfied and fueled, which is not how you often feel after traditional instant ramen. The best part is it just tastes really great. The texture and the flavor are just like the ramen you're used to in the Japanese restaurants. It comes in six delicious flavors, all vegan, creamy chicken, spicy red miso, spicy beef. Imi is an awesome alternative when you need a quick snack. It'll keep you from reaching for the junk food. It's as easy as any instant ramen. You just pop it in the microwave. Go to immieats.com slash Pacman and use code Pacman for five dollars off. That's I M M I eats dot com slash Pacman. Use code Pacman for five dollars off. The info is in the podcast notes. Let's keep it going with the calls via Discord, which we do on Fridays. You can join the Discord for free at DavidPacman dot com slash Discord. Let's go to Gabe from North Carolina. Gabe, welcome to the program. What is on your mind today? Gabe, please accept my invitation to chat. And last chance for Gabe. Welcome. Hey, Gabe, can you hear me? Yes, now I can. Okay, cool. How you doing, Gabe? Uh, just a quick question. Um, all those remixes you have on, like when we're waiting for Twitch. Yep. Like when you're waiting for like. Uh, how do I get those remixes? Can you put those on Apple Music or Spotify? Oh, yeah. So do I have news for you? Let me look at my calendar here. Hold on a second. Uh, when is this? Um, I have a date where the album. OK, we are scheduled to start pre-orders of the album. It's going to be free, by the way. So when we say pre-orders, it's just sort of like to say, hey, deliver the album to me on the release date. August 16th cool. album pre-order will start. And then August 23rd, the idea was August 23rd is the day of the first Republican debate. So I'll likely be streaming the debate. That is the album release date. Wednesday, August 23rd, the biggest hits from the remixes that the audience has made 
are going to be on iTunes, Apple Music, all of those platforms. August 23rd is the big day. Awesome. I appreciate that, man. Those things are awesome. I, I, I go to the gym and listen to those things. And they, just, <laughs> they make me laugh while I'm working out. It's just is there a particular <laughs> song that really pumps you up when you're working out? Uh, the one yesterday, it was the one uh, where you who's that guy you did an interview with? And he just said something so stupid about the whole Israel and Palestine. Oh, Patrick, issue. Bet like, David. <laughs> Patrick, Bet David. yeah, him. That remix had me going yesterday. That's a hell of a song. That's from Bongo Boy. He's the one who made that one. Awesome. Yeah, I like that. Well, I appreciate it, sir. I, I love the show. Um, been, I've subscribed for a few months now. I get all my news from you. I don't watch any mainstream news anymore. So well, listen, just, just listen. remember, I, I love what you're saying, Gabe, but I always am super upfront. I don't do news. I do commentary. So I do think if you want to be informed, add some, you know, add Associated Press, Reuters, et cetera, to your media diet to fill in. You, nobody should only be listening to me. Unlike the right wingers who claim to have all the answers. I don't claim that Gabe, with peace and love. That's true. I appreciate that. All good, right. sir. Gabe from North Carolina. Great to hear from you. Wow. What a day. What a day of phone calls. A lot of these are going well to very well. Let's go to Boris in Denver. Boris, welcome to the David Pakman show. Hey, David, can you hear me? Yes, I can. OK, cool. Uh, I'm, I don't think I've seen you comments on this yet, but I was reading about the upcoming presidential elections in Argentina, and I've been seeing that like in the aftermath of the recent economic crisis there yep. with the leftist party being in power that the far right party has gained a lot of traction in the polling and it's uh, looking pretty tight. I was wondering, like, what was your look on the upcoming election there? I've not been following it as closely as I would like, just because I've had my hands full between the book and the show and the baby and travel and all these different things. That being said, uh, my audience knows I am not a Christina guy. So so, you know, this, the entire Kirchner movement is not for me. There's this kind of bonkers guy, Millet, who has now shown up onto the scene and he's getting some attention. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of his either. So listen, the, the situation in Argentina is a mess. I am not as informed as I should be to, to make a more definitive declaration, but neither the Kirchner people nor Millet are my cup of tea, if I can say that. OK, no, that that's cool. Um, I guess so more broadly speaking, though, I was just wondering about this trend that I've noticed where it seems like the sort of populist left has had a lot of success in South America. We've seen like they won the presidential elections in Peru. They won recently in Colombia um, and uh, I believe Bolivia and, and uh, several and you know Lula coming back in uh, Brazil. Yep. Um, they've had a lot of success in South America, but it seems like the you know far populist fascist right seems to be really ascendant uh, on the contrary in Europe, where, you know, you have Christine Lagarde in, uh, in Italy. Um, France is apparently like getting closer to like electing, um, you know, a far right candidate in their upcoming elections. And and I think, uh, you know, you have Hungary and some other places. Um, do you do you know, like any reason like for that dichotomy, like why the, the populist left is more successful in South America? But the so a couple of different things, Boris. first of all, there. it's not Christine Lagarde in Italy. It's Georgia Maloney. Very important. Difference. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to fault. assail the character unnecessarily of Christine Lagarde, although we could assail her character in other ways if we wanted. Listen, here's the thing. South America and Europe 
totally different circumstances, totally different political animals, culturally extraordinarily different. The the what we've seen in Europe in terms of the rise of the authoritarian right has mirrored the rise of Trump in the United States. A lot of it has been sort of happening under the similar auspices and circumstances in Latin America. It's a very different situation. The relationship of Latin America to North America and Europe is very different than the relationship between the United States uh, uh, and, and Europe. And so circumstances are just different. Everything is different. So it's not a shock to me that we've seen very different trends in each. Yeah. Okay. No, I see what you're saying. I was just curious, like, what we could learn from maybe like the successes of the the left in. Not that all of these, you know, leftist leaders in in South and Latin America are great, but some of the successes from them, like in being able to like defeat the far right. You know, yeah, because I, I, think, I just think it's um, dangerous. Here's say. here's the thing. For me, it's a very cautionary tale, both in Europe and Latin America, because as as everybody knows, I'm not an authoritarian authoritarian fascist right winger. I also am not a Castro Maduro Chavez type guy. I think these are just the other side of the authoritarian uh, strongman coin from someone like Trump. They talk about poverty reduction and social programs, but to the extent that they implement them, they often do so for their own benefit and the benefit of their friends. Doesn't mean they don't do some good things like reducing hunger or things that are to, to be applauded. But I see in general this populist rhetoric used to win elections by left and right. I see it as a cautionary tale. Okay. No, that's fair. All right, Dave. Well, I appreciate you taking my call. Good talking to you. All right, Boris from Denver. Great to hear from you. Let's go to Aubrey from Wisconsin. Aubrey from Wisconsin, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? Hello. <laughs> Hi, Aubrey. What's going on? Hi. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I can. Oh, okay. Hey, Mr. Puckman. I don't know. I haven't talked to you in a hot minute. Um, hope you're good. Doing well. Um, um fabulous. I was just wondering, I guess, um, do you think that the Supreme Court can, oh, mm, right. Okay. Sorry. That was like the wrong, do you think that the left, I guess in general, can, we can still like get successes even with like a super right wing, like really gross Supreme Court. Um, I was just like, like to know your views on that, I guess. So I think the answer is yes. The left doesn't give up because the, remember Aubrey, the Supreme Court only weighs in on a few issues a year or per, you know, uh, per cycle, for lack of a better term, twice a year. And they tend to end up weighing in in areas that are actually legally controversial and politically controversial in some cases. There are lots of things that are politically controversial, but they really would not be legally controversial such that if there was the will to make changes at the state level or et cetera, it simply wouldn't rise to be a situation that the Supreme Court could interfere in. So I think there's plenty of areas where the Supreme Court would not prevent the left from making progress, uh, particularly at the state level. But let me also say another thing. This is another opportunity to remind everybody that whoever wins in November of 2024, I feel like a broken record, Aubrey, whoever wins <laughs> in November of 2024 has a real chance of selecting one or two Supreme Court justices. And we went through this in 2016. If that 
is Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis. It is going to be very bad and make the Supreme Court situation even worse. So just putting it out there, Aubrey, let's not forget about that and the fact that this is happening again in 2024. We don't want to end up in the same scenario. Yeah, I mean, my state actually counts. So Wisconsin counts big. Wisconsin counts big. And it could be. I mean, listen, there's there's not I'm not going to lie to you, Aubrey. There's not a lot of scenarios where Wisconsin is the difference maker, but it's not impossible. It's way more likely Wisconsin will be the difference maker than it will be California, if you understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're from New York. So, like, I mean, your state matters even less. So, New York matters uh, even less. That's not right. That's not wrong. That's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Things are otherwise. Everything otherwise is good. No, terrible. Um, I hate incels. But yeah, no, it's great. Thank you. You hate incels. Mm -hmm. How does that affect you day to day? <laughs> no, I had like, I'm not gonna get into it. I had like a really bad ox, but like, we're not gonna get into it. It's like really bad. But if you um, if you if you dated an incel, by definition, they were not an incel, right? No, 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 they weren't. I mean, I or think, no, they were. No, they were like, I think I think people can like internally like spiritually still be in cells like unironically right oh like in other words they weren't literally celibate but they had in cell energy yeah uh, what was also, their uh wow that's that's interesting well wait you don't think i'm right no i think, I think that that's possible right. i think that that's totally plausible yeah yeah i mean yeah. like unironically like there's such like a little, uh, oh, okay. All right, Aubrey. Thank yeah. you. We're going to have to bleep that. We it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you very, very much. When Aubrey starts swearing, it just gets bad. It, and then we it ends up we, we have to pay per bleep shockingly. So I don't want to rack up a huge bill. Thanks to Aubrey. All right, everybody. Thank you for calling in. We'll take calls again that I promise you if I have anything to say about it. Did you know that anyone in the world can very easily access a ton of data about you online? Data brokers collect huge amounts of data about everything you do on your phone, your computer, where you go, what you look at. But we recently learned that government agencies like the FBI have also been buying a ton of this data from data brokers just to keep track of people without needing a court order. Criminals can also use the information to target you. Ad companies and political consultants can buy it and try to influence you, but you can stop it. Our sponsor, Incogni, is an affordable service that specializes in getting your data removed from these sites. Incogni will send data removal requests to the major data brokers. They are required by law to remove it upon request. If your information stays online, Incogni will just follow up with them about removing it. It's that simple. And you will be kept updated every step of the way so you know what's going on. What Incogni can accomplish is amazing. I use it myself and my audience gets 60 percent off. Go to incogni.com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman. That's I-N-C-O-G-N-I dot com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman for 60 percent off. The info is in the podcast notes. All right, let's look into my Friday feedback, by which I mean, let's review some of the feedback we've gotten over the last week about our programming. Of course, you can email info at davidpackman.com. You can leave a YouTube comment. You can respond to me on threads. I guess you can respond on Twitter, although there's not a lot happening on there. Um, OK, let's look at what some folks said. Professor X said, YouTube is only offering this dude when I search RFK Jr. 
Why? Who funds you, David Pakman? Listen, there is a ton of RFK Jr. content on YouTube. I am nowhere near the only person talking about RFK Jr. According to some people, I'm talking about RFK Jr. too much. According to others, I'm not talking about him enough. Regardless, there's plenty of stuff about RFK Jr., including a lot that defends his views on vaccines causing autism. And also you can find anything you want on RFK Jr., including really wacky stuff. Now, who funds me? Who funds me? It's not the DNC. It's not George Soros. It's not some big media outlet or conglomerate. You all know we're mostly funded by our viewers. So if our viewers stop supporting us, we will disappear. It's that simple. All right. So the only thing Professor X needs to do to end the show forever is to convince all of our supporters to stop supporting us. And then we will be gone before you know it. Uh, another message a comment about RFK Jr. Cruise those back roads says so RFK Jr. can take MAGA voters. That sounds like a winner in the general RFK Jr. 2024. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem that the math checks out. It is true that RFK Jr.'s base seems to overwhelmingly be coming from Republicans, even though he's running as a Democrat. That is not a recipe for winning the general election. If anything, it's a recipe for for spoiling the general election, potentially for Donald Trump. If he were to run third party, it doesn't appear as though Bobby Kennedy Jr. has any interest in running third party. Um, But it is certainly something that's interesting to consider. Also from YouTube, Gregory Cox says David Pakman is a blind man. Sad because he seems nice, but totally blind. Well, I appreciate the I'm going to focus on the positive that I seem nice. (laughs) That is a virtue. I do believe being nice is a virtue. So thank you, Gregory. Sadly, I am blind, but fortunately, I am nice. Rockmall posted to the David Pakman show subreddit, which you can find at davidpakman.com slash reddit. Why the left are perpetual losers. All right, let's see what uh, the, the hypothesis is. Rockmall writes, so I just watched David's video on the Supreme Court shooting down Biden's student loan forgiveness plan. And once again, David felt it necessary to remind everyone why we should have voted for Hillary Clinton, completely omitting the fact that millions of more people did vote for Hillary Clinton. This really gets under my skin. Instead of using his platform to bring attention to the fact that the Electoral College is undermining our democracy with detrimental effects, David chooses to chastise voters who did exactly the opposite of what he's chastising them for. What's the point here? It's truly baffling to me, and I can't wrap my head around it. Which brings me to my point. I already know what David will say. With tears in his eyes, David would make some version of the claim. It's hard or virtually impossible to make that change. This is why we're losers. If only conservatives felt that way about abortion. For 40 years, the entire conservative movement hammered away at this issue, one we all thought was virtually impossible for them to win, and they won. We don't have that on the left, that grit and determination. And that's why we, we are going to remain perpetual losers. And David Pakman will commentate every loss while chastising us for already doing the right thing. It's absurd. Wrong. Wrong. OK, so here's the deal. Um, I have been a critic of the Electoral College for 15 years on this show. I don't know how old Rockmall is, but right Rockmall might have been making pee pee in their diapers when I was talking about how disastrous how disastrous the Electoral College is. I have been pointing out 
for a very long time that while the constitutional change that would be required to make a national popular vote is extremely unlikely to happen because Republicans benefit from the Electoral College. I have talked endlessly about the NPVIC National Popular Vote Interstate Compact. I have explained in detail how the NPVIC would be the fastest path towards a national popular vote. I have also said that Hillary Clinton, based on the system we have, lost by under 100,000 votes in three states. Okay? It would be deceptive for me not to mention that. So great. Hillary won California bigly. Fantastic. We happen not to have a national popular vote right now. It's not about chastising the people who did vote for her. She won the popular vote. It is about reminding people there was a contingent of the left saying, ah, Hillary or Trump, I don't care. It's all the same. And I would say, you know, sirs and ma'ams, Supreme Court picks are likely to happen under the next president. And if Trump gets two or three, they're going to roll back abortion. And they, and they did every single piece of what I predicted, despite those who said, David, the sky is falling. Listen to Jimmy Dore. He'll tell you what to do right in Bernie, whatever. Um, it's not about chastising. It's not about hiding. The Electoral College is responsible for many Republican presidents. Democratic candidates keep winning the popular vote and also by under 100,000 votes in three states. Hillary lost in 2016. Let's be aware of all of those things and not allow the same thing to happen in 2024. I'm, I'm, a, I'm making us losers by making people understand that. Give me a break. Give me a break. All right. Roberta Vaughn wrote on YouTube, a true Christian would not be gay or trans unless they became Christian after the fact, and then they would not be practicing gay or trans. It is my understanding that a lot of people who are gay was introduced by another gay or bi person. It seems that what Roberta is saying is that some gay people were in a sense recruited to being gay by someone who was gay. That's pretty bonkers cuckoo stuff. And there are plenty of gay Christians. There are trans Christians. It's um, this is what's in the these are the brain worms that sadly a lot of people suffer from. Phil Richards says nowhere does the Constitution say we need separation of church and state. What it says is Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. So tell me how that means complete separation of church and state. That is not what our Christian founding fathers had in mind. Well, let me explain it to you. If you don't have separation of church and state and the state, for example, says, well, here is Christian scripture that says abortion is bad. By the way, I don't think that scripture exists, but here they, they say, here's Christian scripture that says abortion is bad. So we're going to make abortion illegal. You are establishing Christianity as informing the law of the land. That is an establishment of religion because then Judaism can come around. Most Judaism actually uh, prioritizes the life of the mother and does not have this anti abortion view. So Judaism would say, hey, we have sacred texts that say this is okay." And they would, well, no, no, we've established what Christianity believes, what, what we say Christianity believes. It doesn't matter what Judaism believes. Well, that's an establishment of religion because separation of church and state is not there. Separation of church and state means you can be a Christian lawmaker 
but you will keep your sacred texts or maybe your harebrained interpretation of your sacred texts separate from the law by not establishing your sacred texts as an informant of the law. It's a semantic game that this person is playing. And quite frankly, it's very silly to play it. It really is. Um, one other comment about religion. The belief in God is in everything that is America. Our freedom gives us the Christ consciousness and freedom of speech to say you're going to hell, David. That's one sentence. No commas, no periods, not a semicolon as far as the eye can see. Um, I'm not even going to address it. If, if, if you're writing to me about how I'm going to hell, you, you really just don't deserve uh, to be taken seriously. All right. And then more cowbell wrote on Reddit. David dismissing you oppose X, but participate in it is a bad argument. And they write from the show today when talking about planes, someone criticized David for flying yet being against emissions. And he said the argument is not valid because you have to participate in the society you live in, sort of suggesting you have no choice. I recently heard this analogized as making no more sense than criticizing a hypothetical peasant living under feudalism, likening this to saying you must agree with feudalism if you participate in it. On its face, it sounds reasonable, but I think it's actually a very bad argument and in no way similar. The peasant literally had no choice but to participate if they wanted to live. That's not remotely the case today for people who, for example, are against increasing emissions or perhaps a more common argument we hear regarding opposing capitalism, because there are a lot of things you can do if, for example, you are strongly environmentalist. David does not need to fly on a plane in order to continue existing. It's really not critical at all and quite easy not to do it while existing in society with a high standard of living. Listen, here's the question I have for you. All right. My brother's wedding was in California. Can I continue existing without going to California for his wedding? Yes. Could I drive to California? I guess uh, driving coast to coast with a baby and taking what would it? I think it's like 50 hours. So I'd have to drive 12 hours a day for four days. So I'd need four days off to get there. I'm going to be there five days and four days off to get back. So we're talking basically two weeks, no show for two weeks so that I drive to California to avoid flying to my brother's wedding. Can I do it? Yes. Is it fair to say that I must not care about the environment because I opted rather than to take two weeks to drive to California back and forth? And by the way, by the way, the emissions per passenger mile for the flight versus driving, I actually don't even know that it's lower emissions to drive with just three people, even in an electric vehicle. This is a nonsense argument. It is not a serious argument. All right. Uh, we're not going to devote more time to it. Get in touch if you have something to say. We have um, we have so many great things coming up on the show. We have a great bonus show coming up for you today. Become a member at joinpackman.com.